This is Israeli Technology Founders Speak, a podcast of conversations with successful Israeli high-tech and biotech entrepreneurs, with your host, Avraham Hermon. Raz Karl is the CTO and co-founder of BlinkAid, an Israeli medical device startup that is solving the problem of dry eyes by stimulating blinking using nerve stimulation technology. Avraham sat down with Raz in the offices of JMB Davis Ben David to discuss how Raz came up with the idea, developed a prototype, built his team, got funded, and his tips for startup founders. This podcast is a creation of J.M.B. Davis Ben David, an intellectual property law firm serving clients around the world. You have great innovations. We keep them safe. It's not enough to just have a great startup idea or innovation. If you don't legally protect your innovations, products, and brand, anyone can claim them as their own. We keep your great innovation secure. Learn more by going to jmbdavis.com. That's J-M-B-D-A-V-I-S dot com. Welcome, Raz. Thank you for coming to our offices in Jerusalem. What problem does your company, BlinkAid, solve? BlinkAid, which is a new Israeli medical device startup, trying to solve a problem that you may be familiar with. It's called dry eye syndrome. It's a collection of, of symptoms when you don't get enough tears in, in, on your corneal. And so many people suffer from that problem. Most of them on the background of spending a lot of time in front of computer screens. Mm -hmm. So screen time reduces our blinking rate, and that leads to evaporation of the tear layer, which in turn exposes the corneal to, to the air. And unlike any other tissue in our body that is facing the outside world, it's coated with skin. So the corneal has no skin layer on it because it has to be completely transparent. Mm -hmm. And then the mechanism that our body is using to protect it is the tear layer and the blinking cycle. So every time you blink, a new tear layer is being spread over the corneal. It washes away things that need to get outside, and then it refreshes the corneal with nutrients. So if you don't blink enough, your corneal doesn't get what it needs to maintain its, its health, and it's getting dried. And if you look under a microscope, you can see small cracks appearing, mm -hmm. and then infection can occur, which in turn prevents the next tear layer from reaching the corneal, and then you get a vicious cycle of dry eyes. It's mm -hmm. getting dry, the body uses infection, the next tear layer doesn't get there, and then more infection, more dryness, more infection. It needs to be taken care of with eye drops, artificial tears, all sorts of uh, more complicated treatments. And what we're trying to do is to encourage people to blink more. Essentially, we're actually stimulating blinks with a new technology that we're developing. It's uh, an electrode transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulation. Uh, and the electrode is replacing the nose pads in your glasses. Mm. So those two uh, little circles sitting on your nose bridge, we're going to replace them with a new electrical stimulation electrode that we're developing, which will enable us to trigger blinking in every other individual without causing any discomfort or any twitching movement of irrelevant muscles. We're able to stimulate blinks and People can wear this uh, technology for hours and hours. Just last week, I was wearing it during a Zoom call, browsing my uh, WhatsApp messages. Uh, so that's what that's essentially what we're doing. That sounds very interesting. I wasn't aware of this problem being caused by screen time. So it sounds like a modern day problem. 
that uh, maybe many years ago didn't exist. How did you come up with this idea and how did you become involved in it? First of all, the, the problem is new when it comes to computer screens, but mm-hmm. people suffered from reduced blinking rates for different reasons for a long time. For example, people with neurological diseases such as Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer, Bell's palsy, unilateral facial paralysis. This is a condition where one side of your face doesn't get any nerve stimulation. It's completely paralyzed, so you don't blink in one eye. And this condition also leads to dry eyes, as well as Parkinson's disease, which reduces blinking rates and leads to incomplete blinks. So these medical reasons existed before screen time. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was kind of a coincidence, actually. I was doing a degree in industrial design at Betzalel Academy here in mm-hmm. Jerusalem, following my computer science degree at the Hebrew University. And in Betzalel, you have to submit a final project. And in industrial design, this project has to be some sort of a, a product. You need to come up with a use case and develop a product that solves or helps people in that use case. And it was during COVID. I was spending a lot of time in quarantine thinking about what I, what I was going to do for my final project. And a medical thing seemed uh, you know, quite relevant. And I was basically looking for a medical problem where I can do a project. I ended up speaking with a bunch of doctors. Most of them didn't really know what I was talking about, why I was approaching them in the first place. But one of them, Dr. Iftah Yasur, he's a senior ophthalmologist at Rabin Medical Center. Mm-hmm. And he happens to be the father of one of my best friends. I called Iftah and I told him, listen, I have to do a final project. I need to come up with a product. Maybe in your department at the hospital, you guys have some problems that need addressing and and maybe I can, you know, maybe help you with, with that. So Iftah said something like, listen, Raz, um, I remember your projects from high school. I love what you're doing. And here in, in the hospital, we're in no shortage of, of problems. Why don't you come over next Wednesday and I'll give you a tour and we'll find some, some problem to, to work on. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. I, I went to the hospital. Iftah dressed me up. With, uh, you know, the a jacket gown, yeah. and, and everything. He took me to the surgery room. Oh, wow. <laughs> explained what he was doing. And after the initial shock, eye surgery is not something I was <laughs> prepared for. Sure. But then he assembled all of his uh, colleagues in, in the um, conference room. And he told them, listen, guys, this is us. He's this and that. And um, we're going to do a project together. So all of your ideas that you bring up next to the coffee machine about how you need to do things otherwise and what would be a better solution for, for our patients. So this is the time. Bring it up. And then they, they, they started talking about dry eyes and people not blinking. Mm-hmm. And at first I thought it was a joke. You know, people not blinking. What, what are you guys talking about? Who, who doesn't blink? And then with all seriousness, they, they looked at me and they explained that this is not a joke. It's a serious problem. And so many of the patients that they treat every day they suffer from all different conditions resulting from not being able to blink. Wow. Yep. So that's a fascinating story about the idea being born and the need and the solution coming together. So can you talk a little bit about putting together a team? You said you're from the field of industrial design but and uh, computers. Correct. But uh, that is probably not enough. What else did you do to assemble a team? So we were lucky to have Iftah and the other ophthalmologists, Dr. Gal Antman and Dr. Alonti Osano as the core team at the beginning. Iftah also had a, a colleague, Dr. Omer Zarchi, who is the electrophysiologist 
of Baleson Hospital. Mm. And pretty early in the process, when we were ideating on how to treat dry eyes and encourage blinking, the concept of electrical stimulation came up. Mm-hmm. And it's not a new thing to stimulate body functions with electrical stimulation. You know, people have been doing that since the previous century. But to be able to stimulate a pure blink, you know, just make the obicularis oculi muscle contract without moving any other muscle in the face or stimulating the sensory nerves, we had to do some experimentation. And then uh, Zahri came in very handy. Uh, and in his lab, we attempted doing electrical stimulation on ourselves. Actually, wow. I'm serious. Yeah, I mean, we were using, you know, medical equipment under Zahri's supervis- supervision. So it was a safe environment to, to try. And we attempted to replicate results from the, from the literature. And at some point, we were able to stimulate blinks. And we realized that we have a, a major challenge to, to be able to reproduce these results on different individuals. And this is going to take a lot of time and effort. And we, we, we need to maybe start a company if we, if we want to succeed. Mm-hmm. For my project in Bezalel, I, I actually developed it a bit further. I designed a pair of glasses where the nose pads were replaced with simple electrodes. And with this, I was able to demonstrate on myself and Iftach how we are able to achieve links. I designed a product and also had this proof of concept. Mm-hmm. And after my final project submission and the exhibition in Bezalel, which uh, was a great success, we decided to, to go and do fundraising to start a company. Okay. I hope you also got a good grade on that project. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about how patents or other intellectual property play a role in the development of your company? One of the first things we did, even before my project submission at Bezalel, was to file a provisional patent application. Mm-hmm. For me, I had no previous experience with, with patents or intellectual property, but we were kind of learning on the go. And it seemed, you know, looking back, it was a wise decision to file a provisional before my project presentation. Mm-hmm. And since Iftach and the other uh, ophthalmologists are employees of Klalit. Klalit being the HMO that, that runs the uh, hospital that they work in, right? Yes. Klalit has a, a Yisum company. Okay. It's called Morisum. Yeah, so that's their technology transfer exactly. branch. Mm-hmm. And Morisum, they have their own patent attorneys. Mm-hmm. And we contacted their patent attorney who helped us file the provisional patent application. And then when we started meeting investors, we realized that you know this was something every single investor was interested in. Sure. Did you guys file a patent? Where, where is this standing? What's the status? Have you conducted a, a thorough research before coming here? You know, we actually did two patent research, like patent searches, mm-hmm. one with Morisum and another one with an external company. And we did find a, a, like similar ideas, but none of them was addressing the personalization problem, which is the essence of the, the electrode that we're developing. Because being able to, to stimulate a blink, it's not trivial, but it can be done. But, and then the challenge is, being able to personalize the stimulation. And that takes time. Usually it goes through trial and error. And Mm -hmm. what we're developing is a technology that automates this process and enables adjusting and personalizing the stimulation to individuals so that essentially when you wear the glasses, some magic happens and then you can just start blinking. Okay, so you started out with the idea that this whole concept was novel and then realized that only 
that the, that you can protect only part of it after your patent searches, right? Yes. So I guess doing patent searches early was probably helpful for you to uh, focus your patent protection on what you really needed to pr- protect, right? Indeed. Uh, and then, you know, I, I was doing a lot of Google searches and some uh, Google Scholar searches looking at, on literature and, and PubMed and other places. And then I realized there was this whole wall of path base. Okay. Patent literature. You found a lot of information there as well, yes, right? Yes, indeed. I even ended up taking a, an online course about patents in Coursera wow. to understand better the, you know, the terms and the logic. It's quite interesting, actually. It makes a lot of sense now. Mm-hmm. Looking back, I understand the whole concept of, of patents, but still it needs a lot of expertise. And I'm happy that some other people can take care of that for me. <laughs> sure. So you can focus on what you're trained in and what you're good mm-hmm. at. Yes. So I understand that you're part of a technology incubator. Correct. Maybe speak a little bit about the process of obtaining funding from the Innovation Authority, Mm -hmm. who's behind the incubator. We started uh, the fundraising process on January 2022. And at the beginning, we thought we should approach venture capital or angels. We spoke with close friends. And after a couple of meetings, we realized that the Israeli Innovation Authority offers funding for projects in all different stages. So we started looking into that and we realized that they can fund us either something like 100,000 shekels, 200,000 shekels mm-hmm. for... And so that's a very f- initial exactly. proof of concept type funding, right? Correct. And, and then we learned that, that there are professionals who actually help startups submit these applications. Mm-hmm. And after speaking to one or two of them, we, we also learned that it's an expensive process. Mm-hmm. And these people sometimes, they can ask for almost a half of the funding. Wow. Which, you know, doesn't make a lot of sense, right? You right. spend a couple of months and a lot of work with someone to get funding and then you need to pay half of it just for the consultancy. Mm-hmm. And also venture capital and, and angels it didn't lead to to an investment at the beginning. We got all sorts of really meaningful insights and pivoted a little bit. For example, the story that we started with was about the people who suffer from facial paralysis and Parkinson's disease. Hmm. And in emergency units at the hospitals where people are put to coma and then the nurses need to treat the, their corneals because they're asleep. Right. And all these medical conditions, which were, first of all, that was the the most aching problem, and mm-hmm. this this is what the, the the ophthalmologists were facing every day. But then we realized that the, the market size for these patients was not large enough to attract venture capital. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then we ended up diving into to computer vision syndrome and all these symptoms occurring from screen time. It took us a while to understand that this is where we should be heading to to get the initial funds. It's a giant market. I mean, over 350 million people worldwide suffer from dry eyes. Wow. Over 60% of the adult population in the U.S. suffers from computer vision syndrome. Hmm. So computer vision syndrome is, again, it's a collection of symptoms. You know, it can be headaches or neck pains and also dry eyes. Mm -hmm. So after a while, we, we started changing the narrative and talking about dry eyes in general, not just about facial, people with facial paralysis. And then the Innovation Authority also offers funding for people who come with an incubator. Now, what's an incubator? It's a company 
which provides services to small startups. It provides you with um, legal services, accounting, accounting, right? And it also enables you to get matching for the funding of the Israel Innovation Authority. Hmm. I didn't mention, but the Innovation Authority is never funding you alone. You always have to get a matching investment. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, the, the percentages are like 50-50. So the Innovation Authority will give you 50% of the funding if you can find someone who will give you the other 50%. Mm. But if that other investor is not just anyone, it's an incubator, an incubator that is registered with the Innovation Authority, it means that this company is being trusted and has experience working with the Innovation Authority. So the investment changes from 50-50 to 85-15. Hmm. So that enables you to get a lot more funding. And we ended up getting 3 million shekels mm-hmm. from the Innovation Authority and from Galil Ofek. It's a medical device incubator. They sit in the north in Katsrin. They have, I think, 12 companies in their portfolio right now. And they have uh, an expertise in medical devices and more specifically in, in ophthalmology. I think we're the third company uh, in this incubator that is innovating in, in ophthalmology. And yep, they, they helped us get the funding from the Innovation Authority. And now, as I said before, they provide us all the other services. And most importantly, the, the connections that they're helping us build. Let's just switch gears a little bit and talk about investors and uh, the climate today regarding the device space. Do you feel that investors are hesitant to invest in in medical devices today? So we always have conversations ongoing with, with investors. Someone once told me that you don't uh, raise funds when you need, you, you do it when you can. Mm-hmm. Um, so we always try to develop uh, new connections. And some of the rejections that we hear are about developing devices versus, for example, developing software. You have some obstacles that you need to to address when you develop a physical uh, device. You're saying in terms of regulation? So regulation will come a bit later down the road. Mm-hmm. The strategy here that we're developing a medical device, and it's true because we're treating a medical condition. But at the same time, when we are going to deliver the, the device to the market, the question of the, whether or not we should go through an FDA lane, 510K or whatever, it, it comes down to how exactly do we market the device are we claiming that it cures dry eyes mm. or do we claim that it encourages blinking i see so that's it and it's a completely different thing right so if you make a claim that's not a medical claim per se then you may be not considered a medical device in the strict stance exactly and this is our current strategy to try and first of all be able to give it as a tool to encourage blinking You know, the public literature is just full with proof and evidence about the relationship between blinking rate and dry eye symptoms. Mm -hmm. To be able to claim that we cure dry eyes, we will have to go through clinical trials. And we may do it Mm -hmm. eventually, but we want to go to the market as soon as possible with a lighter claim. I see. What sort of tips do you have for founders who are starting out their journey as uh, startup founders with a new idea or with a new company. Getting my, my friends and family involved, either just being able to share with them my experiences. I actually started a, <laughs> a secret Facebook group 
mm-hmm. with some friends and family where I would post every other week about uh, what we were doing and what I was up to personally. Mm-hmm. And people would cheer me up. You know, uh, it's, a, it's a bumpy road, you know. Uh, sure. Lots of ups and downs. Some weeks I feel like we've achieved something amazing and then the other week it feels like everything is collapsing mm-hmm. and there's no chance this is going to succeed. And you need to be able to go through... A lot of, of ups and downs. And mm-hmm. being able to share this with my friends and family helped me a lot. So that's maybe one tip. And then also realize that progress is something you can only report in hindsight. Yeah. At the present, I can report about movement. Is it progress? I don't know. We'll have, to, we'll have to see. So looking back, I can report about a lot of progress that we made. But uh, I stopped trying to to analyze if I'm making progress at the moment I just make sure that I'm you know I'm moving I see I have short-term goals that I'm moving towards and the long-term goals we assemble every month to to assess what we are I like that you managed to build yourself a sort of a support system mm-hmm. that will keep you encouraged and keep you on this journey yeah that sounds like a very good useful tip that I don't think I've ever heard before from a founder yet on this podcast. I don't think my co-founders know <laughs> about the secret Facebook groups. You, you mentioned briefly where, you're, where you are now in terms of BlinkAid, but where do you see yourself in another year and then another five years from now? In another year, I hope to have a, a, a working prototype that is able to stimulate blinks on, on individuals in a very short automatic calibration process so that I can hand out to you a pair of blinking glasses and you'll put it on your face and with short um, guidance from me, you'll start experiencing blinking. Mm-hmm. With this, we can go to another phase of, of designing towards manufacturing. And then maybe in, in a bit more than a year, you can start seeing Linkade on the shelves. Wow. Maybe you'll get it from your ophthalmologist, from optometrist. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can buy it online. It's a bit too soon to tell, but. The, the, core of, the, the core technology should be demonstrated in a year from now. And then in five years, we can either be a company that addresses more ophthalmology-related problems, or we could be a company that uses this electrical stimulation technology, personalized electrical stimulation technology, and apply it to other, other problems. You can think about people, amputees, you know, people who need prosthetics, and mm-hmm. then they need to operate the prosthetic with electrical stimulation or electrical myography, re- being able to read uh, nerve signals and mm-hmm. applying that to moving prosthetics. And since we're working closely with electrophysiologists, I'm, I'm learning something new every, every day about electrophysiology. And there's a lot of room to integrate technology. And since I'm coming from the computer science background, I, I always try to think of how to integrate artificial intelligence and and algorithms into into what we do. And this is also going to play a major role in the algorithm that we're developing now for Blinkade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see really interesting paths that we can take in, in five years from now. Okay, great. This sounds really good, and I wish you a lot of success. Thank you again for stopping by at our office and for taking the time to have this interview and once again wishing you success on your journey. Thank you so much for hosting me. I had a great time. Thanks. That was Roz Carl, the CTO and co-founder of Blinkade. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode. There are many more to come. Do you have a great innovation or startup idea? We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us by going to our website, jmbdavis.com. And if you go to jmbdavis.com forward slash startup, you'll see we have a special site specifically made for startups to help startups protect their innovations. Please be in touch with us and find out how we can help you. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode.